Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radomek. Berto Willis, your host. This is the 3 p.m. program that I'm doing live at 11, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. As I told you guys earlier today, when we had severe te- technical problems, the show must go on and we must do as promised. And I promise you guys that as soon as I got all that stuff fixed... I would be back, and, and you know, it, it was a hell of a it was a hell of a job to find out what it was, and it turns out, after all, it wasn't our problem. Well, we also had a problem actually, and that was we had some issues with our uh, virtual card, not a virtual card, but our display card, which was not uh, doing the acceleration, and uh, you guys got some skipping. But then at the same time, we had the skipping. We also had where the data was not going out as fast as it should, given that we're trying to transmit at a better rate these days to ensure that you guys have good quality of all those videos that we show you. Anyhow, we are going to have a good show. And for those of you who are still sleeping or going to bed, I know a lot of you go to bed uh, pretty early. Some if you go late, but you're not on. You're probably watching TV right now, but... The show must go on, and we're going to give you that show that we told you we were going to give you. So there you go. Wait, can you hear me? No, I can't hear you, Cycle Motion. How are you doing today, Cycle Motion? Welcome to Politics Done Right. We're going to have a great show for you today as soon as I get the last thing synced up. And I'm about, I want to, oh, really? Well, I don't, I don't think so, my friend. I don't think so, my friend. Anyhow, 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 let's go ahead and get busy here. And start with the program. Uh, any, anyway, let, anyway, let's let's start. Uh, let, let's let's talk about what the program is about today. We have a great program. The title of the show today is, and it's coming onto the screen. It'll be three point five trillion dollars. Big pharma secrets revealed. Mandate argument neutered, and Saki tags. GOP politicians. So, let's get busy. How are we going to start this program? Anyhow, uh, normally at the at the beginning of our show, we have our early birds who come out here and they they give us the things that they want to talk about. But since they're not here right now, I'm going to start with the most important thing. Right now, we are going through a pandemic, a pandemic that has killed one in five hundred Americans. I want you to I want you to think about that. Our pandemic has killed one in 500 Americans. And Big Pharma, who has all the drugs that we need, we have Moderna, we have Pfizer, we have Johnson, we have several others. Several others are out there. And the world is still just about 2% vaccinated. What gives? Why? Because the big pharma companies who hold the monopoly on the patents on these drugs so far has refused to go ahead and make these drugs available for a whole lot of people. And you have to ask the question, why? Why? It's profit. We know it's profit. But why does government, why do governments Allow them to get away with this. And you know, it is important that we understand why. 
And here in a story in Common Dreams, Big Pharma secrets revealed as group uncovers portion of Pfizer vaccine recipe. So a little bit of it is done. Uh, whenever, whenever you have these companies that submit these uh, pa- submit for approval, what happens is they make sure that you have they have to know what you have in there, the titles, all that good stuff. So I want to read the first part. It says, while co- well, first of all, it says, Big Pharma Secrets Revealed as Group Uncovers Portion of Pfizer Vaccine Recipe. This leaked contract teaches the world more about how to make mRNA vaccines than anything done by rich countries so far. Of course, they had to submit it for approval. While combing through a leaked contract, Published early this year by an Italian broadcaster, the U.S.-based consumer advocacy group Public Citizens identified a component of Pfizer-BioNTech's secretive coronavirus vaccine recipe. A discovery that could help manufacturers around the world replicate the life-saving shot. This info can help mRNA scientists illustrating the kinds of requirements they need to meet critical quality standards. But here's the thing. The document, analyzed by Public Citizen, is an agreement that the European Commission reached with Pfizer and BioNTech last November to purchase 100 million doses of the company's mRNA vaccine, which was developed with the support of what? Government funding. And U.S. taxpayer-financed technology. The mRNA technology, guess where it was developed? In the United States of America. And guess who funded it for Pfizer? Berlin, Germany. So you have to ask yourself, if these vaccines were financed by we the people, why is it that we are allowing these guys to make unfettered profits on these particular vaccines? Peggy Lopez, our one of our afternoon folk, well, you know, I promised you guys that I would come back as soon as I fixed all of the problems, Peggy. And I got the problems fixed. And I said, let me go ahead and do the show so that we can have the, the particular show as well. Not only in our database, but also on podcasts. Uh, so what we're, what we're doing today is we're going to play the videos that we were supposed to play as well. Uh, as well. And then we're going to tack on. Uh, I'm going to add another feature to it, to the program. I'm not going to do the full hour. So, uh Tom uh, or Tim Tim uh, Tim Donahue spoke about uh, uh, taxing the rich in the form of uh, what did he call it? He called it a wealth tax, and he decided to do that. So I'm going to play that at the end of what we're doing right now. But anyhow, going back to the program at large, in a 104-page contract, Public Citizens found a list of manufacturing specifications for the Pfizer. BioNTech vaccine, including particular composition and strength, identity and purity requirements followed through the production process. This info can help the mRNA vaccine scientists by illustrating the kinds of requirements they need to meet critical quality standards, said Zain Rizvi, a law and policy researcher at Public Citizen, who, offered, or who authored the group's analysis of the contract. Rizvi pointed out that the World Health Organization is currently trying to teach developing countries how to make mRNA vaccines 
and could desperately use help. This leak contract teaches the world more about how to make mRNA vaccines than anything done by rich countries so far. And ain't that a good thing? Because again, these drugs were not developed by these corporations who want to recoup their investments. That's not what it's all about. All these things were done in a, in a university lab or, or, or funded by our United States dollars or the dollars from Berlin, Germany or one of these places. So why do we allow them to manipulate and take all the spoils? We've got to stop that. We've got to stop that. And you know what we're doing? We're going to stop that. And good for this paper that came out that allowed many to go out there and do their thing. So that was pretty good. Anyhow, the next topic I, I wanted to bring that out is it's going to be $3.5 trillion. Sanders holds the line against, against right-wing Democrats. And the article starts, when you look at the gross domestic product of the United States, we're talking about close to $300 trillion over the next 10 years. This is $3.5 trillion, barely more than 1% of that. 1%. And that's what they're complaining about. See, what happens is uh, these guys are, are sick. They're psychopaths. The wealthy. They have more money than they could possibly spend in a hundred lifetimes. And I'm talking about the real wealthy that we're talking about that refuse to want to pay taxes, right? But anyway, pushing back against conservatives, Demo this was written by Kenny Stansel at uh, Common Dreams. Pushing back against conservatives, Democrats' attempts to shrink the Build Back Better Act's uh, price tag. Bernie Sanders reiterated Tuesday night that anything less than $3.5 trillion is unacceptable. Asked by CNN's Anderson Cooper how the size of the reconciliation package will be decided, Sanders, independent from Vermont, said... It's going to be $3.5 trillion. That's the compromise that's already been made, said Sanders, referring to the fact that progressive lawmakers would prefer to invest at least $6 trillion to mitigate inequality and carbon pollution. Last month, House and Democrats, Senate Democrats passed a budget resolution greenlighting $3.5 trillion in spending to improve social welfare, strengthen labor rights, provide a pathway to citizenship for millions of undocumented immigrants, and bolster climate action. The truth is $3.5 trillion is not enough, Sanders argued Tuesday, listing several items including childcare, pre-K, and affordable housing that many congressional Democrats want to spend more on but can't do to self-imposed constraints. Again, a lot, of, a lot of people like to believe that modern monetary theory is BS. And I can tell you from a mathematical standpoint, it isn't. From an educational standpoint on what the, 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 the moneyed class wants you to believe, that would be the case. But from a mathematical standpoint, modern monetary theory is real, which talks about we've been able to do quite a bit more deficit spending if we had to. We have something like a six to seven hundred billion dollars per year slack in our economy. That means it wouldn't be inflationary if we injected that much more money into our economy. But 
Most importantly, we don't even have to do that. We simply have to have those who owe taxes pay it. If you're just joining us, folks, please click that, uh, that thumbs up button. Click that thumbs up button so that we can get our, our show seen by more people. This show is normally aired at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. We had technical difficulties today. And what I told folks is that we will air the show no matter what as soon as we got our technical difficulties taken care of. And that's what we're doing. So anyhow, so folks, please consider. Go ahead and click that uh, uh, up arrow or that like button. If, if, you're on, if you're on Facebook, click the like button. If you are on YouTube, the up arrow button or the thumbs up button, the like button, whatever you want to call it. And also... If you're watching us, whether in real time or not, please consider joining the PDR Posse. Click on that Join button. If you're on YouTube, but if you're not on YouTube, you can still find a way to support what we're doing here, trying to get the progressive message out by going to politicsdoneright.com support. All right, we're going to start with our first video. As you know, we're, uh, as I spoke before, we're in the pandemic. Now, I want you to listen to this with Chuck Todd and a governor, one of those right-wing red state governors, and then we'll take it on the other side. Biden has vowed to really get on with the, with the governors. In other words, I'm going to get around whatever you do to try to suspend or hurt your citizens getting vaccinated or trying to create barriers for them protecting their kids, protecting their people. In other words, the president has said, I'm going to stop you from killing your own people in your own states. And I want you to listen to this interaction between Chuck Todd and the governor of Arkansas. It just shows you how they have to twist themselves into knots, not to do the right thing. And, and, and finally, uh, Chuck asked the right question. What about our freedom? Check this out. Then we'll take it on the other side. And Governor Hutchison, and I know you came out, you were you also are not in favor of mandates and you made it clear you're also not in favor uh, of what some other states have done, which is ban the ability of a private business to have a vaccine mandate. If this mandate idea, if you think this is an overreach by President Biden, what other tools are left? I mean, we've hit a wall here, have we not? Well, no, I don't think we have uh, hit a wall. Uh, vaccinations continue to increase in Arkansas. Uh, we've had one strategy, which is building confidence, uh, marketing this, spending hundreds of millions of dollars in a marketing campaign, building confidence. Uh, I've been to 16 cities, as you know, uh, doing uh, vaccine uh, town hall meetings, trying to educate, trying to encourage, answer questions, and to build confidence. And I started them off by saying uh, we're not going to increase vaccination rates by more uh, mandates from the government. We're going to have to build confidence in our communities. This reverses that strategy. Let me ask you this, though. It does feel as if our entire uh, sort of the political rhetoric has been about accommodating the unvaccinated. What about the folks that have done the right thing and they're still at risk? Their freedoms are being denied here. The freedom to travel without feeling as if your health is at risk. I mean, I, I do think this, this personal liberty argument for this small minority has covered up the liberty that, that I assume you would like to have to be able to travel fairly uh, virus-free around the state. I would, you know, 
What about that? What about the freedom of those that did get vaccinated? Well, it is a matter of individual choice and individual freedom, but you always have to talk about a responsibility to the community. And that's the foundation of America is that we join together and we act not just individually, but for the good, the common good. So that is a relevant factor. But let's think through this, though, that uh, even with smallpox vaccinations, we require those in the school. Nobody requires them in businesses. And so I think it's wrong on principle, but it's also wrong on strategy and how to get to where we all want to get, which is increased vaccination rates. I think this can have just the opposite impact. When you brought up the smallpox example, one of the reasons I think why businesses don't have to worry about it is because it is mandated in schools, right? And, it, and, the, and basically it, it's pretty, you know, the, the, we, we've done a pretty good job making sure people get it. Do you think the COVID vaccine, once it's approved, is that the best place to do the mandate? Is on the first? Well, historically, uh, we have uh, utilized that tool in the schools for the broad public safety. We may be to that point in our country at some point, but right now we're not even uh, approved by the FDA for under 12. We've only had uh, uh, one of the vaccines that have been fully approved by the FDA. Uh, and so we're a long ways from putting that mandate in the schools, uh, even though that we could reach that point, and it should be done on a state-by-state decision basis. Given what we've seen in France and Germany, you think that this may back uh, may have the opposite effect. Their vaccination rates went up when they when they went with a, a tougher mandate uh, on on the private sector. Uh, ultimately, if the if the vaccination rates go up ten to fifteen percentage points, will this been in a will this have been a success? Well, if 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 that's the only goal, uh, you're increasing vaccination rates. Uh, and businesses uh, are afraid of OSHA. And so if OSHA comes in with rules and they're upheld by the courts, sure, it's going to increase vaccination rates there. But at what cost? Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, but we, and we don't know whether that's going to work. I think we could be there on a voluntary basis just as quickly. Uh, we're moving that way nationally and at the state level. I was with a bunch of firefighters today in a community event, and uh, this is not well received. And the consensus is you know, that this could build a little bit more resistance versus actually building greater acceptance. Now, that governor, all right, at least he know, there's one thing he knows. He knows that we need to be vaccinated and he's running around his state uh, talking to these people to try to get them vaccinated. But to give them plausibility, listen to how he ends. Oh, the, 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 the firemen and the police officers, you know, they're first responders. And they have a problem with the vaccine. It shows that what needs to be done is a mandate. If you are not, if you are intellectually incapable of seeing the reason for doing a vaccine, if you're intellectually incapable of seeing that not having vaccine causes 11 times the amount of deaths, fills up your ICU, etc., and all those that are in the ICUs, 99% of them are unvaccinated, which means again. That's causing the problem. If your first responders have been so misinformed in your state, if all these things are true, then the only option is a mandate. And the mandate is to protect the rest of us, as Chuck Todd said. What about us? What about our freedom? 
Would you allow somebody to walk around with a gun swinging it all over that he has or she has no control over that can accidentally blow your head off? You won't. You would create a mandate to stop that. Well, then again, uh, Republicans like their guns, so they may not care that a few people get blown up for um, having a gun. But anyhow, let's get real. The reality is a mandate is necessary, and in a society, one gives up a certain percentage of freedom in order for all of us to have a safe existence, a free, safe existence. The governor is full of it. I'm glad that Chuck Todd kind of challenged him in a, in a couple of questions, but still, it just shows you how ideology can trump intellect in a lot of these areas. This governor knows better. And he allowed, the first, if I saw a fire that thinks, ah, I don't know if I want to take the vaccine. Right now, we can't get rid of that person because, well, they're in short supply. But I would have that noted in the record. And the first chance we get, we have somebody that isn't intellectually capable of doing the job that he has. Because as it turns out, these people are walking guns, walking uncontrollable guns. Walking uncontrollable guns, that's what they are. In other words, the unvaccinated, they like to say, oh, well, you know, it's my right. It is your right. You, you don't have to put anything in your body. I mean, you, a government can't hold you down and force you to put something in your body. What the, governor, the government can say, we the people can say is, however, we know that if you get infected and you blow on us, you can infect us. And therefore, all of us decided collectively to take this vaccine to prevent us from dying. If you decide that you don't want to take it, you put our lives at risk, so we want you to stay away from us and stay away from our places of employment, stay away from our restaurants, stay away from all these things. Uh, now, you want to integrate yourself into these domains? Take the vaccine, and then there will be no problem. Take the vaccine, and you can be a part of civilized society. If you don't want to take the vaccine, we can't force you. But please feel free to stay out of civilization. If you're just joining us, folks, please give us a thumbs up on, on YouTube. Please give us a like on the video on Facebook and on Twitch and everywhere else that we are. Um, this show is normally aired at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Today we're doing it late because we had technical difficulties early today, and I've made the promise that irrespective of technical difficulties or anything, you own this show, you want this show, you support this show, and as supporters of this show, I'm going to make sure that you get your five Politics Done Right show every week and your one Politics Done Right show on KPFT 90.1 FM Houston, Texas every single day of the week and of course sometimes we come on on weekends and we give a little taste if there's a whole lot of activity happening or if there's a whole lot of news if there's a whole lot of stuff going on then we go ahead and do it um earlier today i, I had a great great interview with michael levitin i think we're going to have it on the show tomorrow michael levitin who is uh wrote the book uh what is the name of the book that he wrote i gotta look it up but it's about occupy wall street and I tell you, uh, I, I met him at the Democracy Convention in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, 
uh, his book uh, is, is one of the best descriptors of the Occupy movement, bar none. And uh, so he's going to be, he should be on tomorrow. So please remember the show is, uh, we, we do the show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays at uh, 3 p.m. Central. And uh, let me put it on the screen. Here is the book. We uh, the, Here's the interview. Members who are, people who are subscribers of uh, Politics Done Right can actually see the interview right away. And let me give you the link. If you want to become a subscriber, a member of the PDR Posse, so that you can get all of our interviews before we actually air them, that is how you can get it done. Go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, or you can just click the Join button. Uh, but here, here's the deal. Uh, Michael Levitin wrote the book, Generation Occupy. And I, I tell you, it, it, the, the book is tops. I interviewed him today about it. I, and by the way, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but uh, I was one of the 50 or so people he interviewed for the book, and quite a few of my statements made it into the book as far as what I thought about Occupy, what I thought about its successes, etc. cetera. Uh, but the name of the book is Generation Occupy, Reawakening American Democracy. If you want to get it on Amazon right now, you can get his book, at that link on Amazon right now. Uh, it's a great book. It's a hard copy. I, I got the e-version that he sent me. Uh, but it, when I tell you he, he spent the time to get the entire essence of the Occupy movement, not just what you saw on TV or not just the narrative you hear on TV, but how it actually made the change. We were all part of the movement. I was part of Occupy Houston, Occupy Kingwood. I went and participated with Occupy uh, uh, Providence and Occupy San Diego and a few others. Just did some participation in these different, um, in, in these different, we used to call them, uh, what did we call them then? Camps, encampments. I would visit these different encampments and do interviews out there and get a whole lot of people, some coverage, etc. But anyhow, um, this is the 10th, the 17th will be the 10th anniversary of Occupy Wall Street, which started in uh, Zuccotti Park in New York. And then it started to migrate not only around the United States, but around the world. In fact, I participated in it in Occupy Washington, Occupy Washington, D.C., Occupy Providence, Occupy um, a couple others we went to. I think we went to Occupy Portland as well. So we were all over the country taping this. Uh, both with uh, the, the uh, with Move to Amend, as well as Coffee Party USA, and many other organizations. Folks, if you're just joining us, please do me a favor, and please go ahead and thumbs up the video so that we can get some more exposure as, as it replays. So please go ahead and give me a thumbs up or a like on YouTube or a like on Facebook. That'll help the algorithm make sure that we can get over time this stuff displays throughout the community. So I ask you so kindly to please like the videos. Please go ahead and uplink the videos, etc. Anyhow, another, I got another video for you. Uh, you know General Mully, he, he went, I mean, everybody was scared that Donald Trump was going crazy, which he was. And from before he lost the election, he's always been crazy. But anyhow, the generals, they were concerned 
that he was going to start a war, that he was going to uh, push the nuclear button or do whatever he could. I mean, but there are very strict protocols, even as president, that he can order it. Somebody else has to do the job. So they wanted to make sure that this crazy guy was not going to be able to, for his personal reason, put America in danger. So Mully went ahead and spoke to his Chinese counterpart to let them under to make it be understood that there there was not going to be any attacks coming from the United States of America. That's what they did, right? The, the most the prudent thing to do to let them know, yes, we understand. We have a madman that is running America. Some so, people somehow believe it was okay to have this imbecile to run the United States of America. And it, it comes, it was on the others to make it clear to the rest of the world, it's going to be okay. Nobody's listening to the clown. Now reporters, and this is what drives me crazy with reporters. Reporters uh, act as if they're living in a, an, an antiseptic vacuum. They want to claim that Millie may not have gone through the proper protocol. Did the president know he was talking to the Chinese government? Of course not. Why would the president know that he's talking to the Chinese counterpart when what we're trying to do is protect the country against this imbecile doing something that will get us all hurt? So of course not. So why is this reporter trying to ask this question? What purpose, uh, other than having the administration come out and say, yes, he did, he didn't follow the book exactly, but he saved the country. I wonder. But I want you to listen to the video, and then we'll take it on the other side. But I know everybody know how unstable Donald Trump has always been, how unstable he really, really got after losing the election, and it turns out the generals were all concerned that this guy would try to start a war, use nuclear bombs, all that good stuff. So they were making contingency plans to make sure that this unconstitutional president was not able to do damage to the country. And in doing so, of course, the general uh, had different avenues in which he could talk to other countries that could create issues, could create problems. And he, the, the general of Joint Chiefs, just did exactly that, uh, General Milley. Well, reporters in their infinite wisdom are trying to make a huge issue out of this as opposed to kind of keeping it a little bit on the down low because, again, this is of national security. And do we really want the rest of the world to realize overtly that we had a nutcase in the White House and that we had responsible generals averting any possibility of a war occurring? I want you to listen to the question that uh, this reporter asked Jen Psaki, and Jen Psaki knocked it out of the park. And for all of those that are criticizing El Senor, uh, the, the general, the, the General Milley, she had an answer for those politicians. In effect, is she calling them insurrectionists? Check this out. Even if the president believes that the intentions and the patriotism of General Milley were in line with his own values, is there a point where criticism makes General Milley unable to continue in this role uh, because it is a new administration, it's a new day, and there are some questions about if he exceeded his authority? Well, 
again, uh, the President uh, has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. I can't speak to the former President's uh, experience with him or the former President's views of him, but the, this President, this current President, uh, who follows the Constitution, who's not fomenting an insurrection, who follows the rule of law, has complete confidence in Chairman Milley and him serving, continuing to serve in his role. And even as Republicans may criticize him and have questions about his suitability to continue, would that be a factor that President Biden would consider, separate from his judgment about how he conducted himself? I don't think the President is looking for the guidance of members of Congress who stood by while the, their, the, president of their, the President of the United States and the leader of their party fomented an insurrection and many of them were silent. Now think about that. I don't think the president is going to be listening to these guys. Remember, these guys attempted an insurrection. They were in support of an insurrection. And instead of calling it off and telling the president, hey, guy, this has to stop, they were a part of it. A few days later, it was like nothing. So I think, uh, I think she hit the nail on the head. I think she hit it out of the park. We won't listen to those who should be considered nothing more than insurrectionists when we had a general out there that was trying to prevent a nutcase of a president from allowing us to get into some sort of an unforeseen war. Excellent job. Absolutely excellent job. Well, folks, uh, we're coming now to the end of our program it's kind of interesting because this program, like I, for those of you that are listening now, is a program that comes on at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on my channel, uh, either Politics Done Right. Just, just go to um, Facebook and look up Politics Done Right, facebook.com slash Politics Done Right. Or on YouTube, just go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube, and you'll get to us. So you can get to our live program at 3 p.m. Central. Read all our blogs at egbertowillies.com as well as at politicsdoneright.com. My Twitter handle is at egbertowillies, at E-G-B-E-R-T-O. Uh, folks, uh, please consider, uh, you see those books that you see scrolling? Um, we, are, we are what we call activist progressive journalists. Uh, and and to, to help defray the cost of what we do here, I've written several books, specifically How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, uh, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, as well as It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. These two, Three books are a series, really. And the idea behind these books is to make sure that we have all the knowledge, the political knowledge and the understanding, so that when they come with the quackery vote from the centrist Democrats as well as from the Republicans and right-wingers, so when they come, you can understand their math is wrong. You can understand their theories on economics is wrong. You can understand that really what they're always trying to do is empower the wealthy. You understand that we do have power to get things done. You understand that we that the, the, the rift between the left and the right, meaning the right wing and the left wing isn't real, but it's manufactured because they need us at, our th at each other's throats 
in order for us to fight each other as they take all the spoils. They even give us the equipment to fight each other. They give us the reasons to fight each other. As they all stay up top, look down at us peons and laugh. And what I do, the idea between uh, on politics done right, and again, you can see it at 3 p.m. every day, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, the idea behind Politics and Right. And by the way, you can go to politicsandright.com slash TV and you have a whole all, all of our different programs there as well. But folks, please consider getting our books. The books help us defray the cost of what we do here as well as it feeds your knowledge in everything that we do. So I'm going to be getting out of here. I did this late program because we had technical difficulties before. And it is incumbent, I made the promise that I was going to be back today. And when midnight started to approach, the last hour, I said, oh, I said I was going to do it today. I said I was going to do it today. I can't let midnight hit. And I got all the cards set up and fixed. Folks, if you're just joining us, please go ahead and click that thumbs up on YouTube Live or on that like on Facebook, help us get into the algorithm. So if you're on YouTube, please kick, click that up arrow or that thumbs up saying, hey, I like the program. And please visit us at 3 p.m. Central Time. Tomorrow we have two shows. One on KPFT 90.1 FM in Houston. That is, over the, that is on air. As well as on... Uh, on the internet it's both on air and as on the internet it's on air at 90.1 fm houston or you can go to kpft.org that will be at noon tomorrow and of course every day at 3 p.m we get the show that we do on youtube twitch facebook live periscope twitter and many other platforms uh linkedin and many other platforms so uh, please hang with us. Please share all that you see us do because the only way we're going to make this a better country, the only way we're going to make sure that it's an equitable country, a country where anyone who wants access to success has access to success, is for us to educate ourselves and make sure that we know all that we need to know to make this a better place. I promise you one thing. I promise you one thing. Do not believe those who throw their hands up in the air and say, we can't make a difference. What I preach all the time, and for those that, that listen to us at 3 p.m. all the time, I preach empowerment, not a false empowerment, not just saying we can do it for the sake of saying we can do it or we're going to do it for, saying, for the sake of saying we're going to do it, but doing it by empowerment. And empowerment means letting people understand we're going to do it. Now, how do we do it? And when you have a lot of charlatanes out there, there are a lot of people doing this sort of stuff on, on, on air. A lot of people. They're all telling you what the problems are. They're all telling you to be mad at what's happening to you. They're all telling you that things are going crazy and it's all true. But that's all they're doing. I believe we all have to get together, including those people that are saying, oh, the, the, the sky is falling. Yeah, it's falling. Yes. Now let's get together and decide how we brace it and reverse it. And in, 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 in my books, that's what I try to do. It's worth it. Meaning, 
we're going to have that conversation with even those people that we believe we should hate. We don't hate anybody. I love everybody. I love my right-wing Trumpsters. I love my left-wingers. I love everybody. I'm a left-winger, but I, I love my left-wingers, those that are even not as left as I am. And I talk to everybody. It's worth it. Why is it worth it? Because they depend on us being against each other. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. You have to understand how the economy works and how they, what it is that they're doing to destroy the country. And the only way you can know that is understanding the theories behind it and how to make America utopia. That is the rebirth. That is after we understand everything. The rebirth. How do we make America utopia? Can it be a utopia? Is that just pie in the sky? No. What does a utopia look like? Utopia looks like Medicare for all. Utopia looks like having family leave. Utopia looks like having a shorter work week because we have robots. You know why there are 10 million people unemployed and we can still get things done? We as a society have not learned that we have to remove the chains that the plutocracy, the wealthy has on us, that want everything out of us, but wants to give back nothing. Bezos, $160 billion, did he really make it? Bezos makes no product. These books that I've written, I've written, put it together, and it's sold on Amazon, under Bezos' company. One person on one of my shows said, Egberto, you keep saying that Bezos doesn't, uh, that, Bez, that you, you help Bezos make money. And yeah, the easiest platform for me to write a book was through using the Bezos platform at Amazon. And for that, when I sell a hard copy, Bezos keeps most of the money. When he transmits the e-copy, Bezos keeps at least 30 to 40% of the money. He makes a cutoff of everybody. That is how our, our system works. That's how it works. How do we change it? Well, we have different ways that we says that we have in there through the tax system and many other systems that you change it. So I'm going to be checking out of here right now, but I want to just tell you, keep, keep on listening. Please share. If you're just joining us, please give us a thumbs up or a like, a like on Facebook, a like, a thumbs up on, you, on YouTube. That'll help the algorithm move, move us along. It'll, it'll really do the job. And please share these programs. Let's empower all. Let's make sure all's empowered. So give me a thumbs up and let's get busy. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.